Good afternoon, listeners. Welcome to episode 12. I think we're on 12 of the Carnegie Harriers podcast. Seems like such a long time since I did a podcast. Um, although I'm sure it wasn't all that long ago. Uh, I hope you're all well. I hope you're all running well. Um, we seem to be emerging out of lockdown. Restrictions are easing. We're starting to get out and about a wee bit. Um, there's even been a race or two on. So I hope you've been able to take advantage of leaving your local area and getting to see people and all of that. Um, running for me is going all right at the moment. I have to say it's not the best after I did my uh, my 40-mile um, fundraiser. Uh, I've been a little fatigued, um, but I've got myself an entry into Strathairn Marathon, so um, I need to give myself a shake and get on with it. Um, I went out yesterday and it was fairly disastrous. The planned 15 miles turned into four incredibly slow miles. I had zero energy. don't know what the issue was, but I came home, stuffed my face with sweets, uh, watched TV and um, feel much better today. So um, I've been out today, had a wee run in the local woods. It's a love-hate thing up there. Um, but today I was blessed with a wonderful aroma of all the bluebells, so it was very, very nice. My guest uh, this week, this week, <laughs> I don't know why I always say that, um, my guest on this episode is Kerry uh, Hunter. Um, Kerry talks all things running, of course, and uh, we get a good blather, we had a good blather before and after as well, but that's by the by, we don't record that bit. Um, so that's that really, I'll um, stop blathering and let you listen to Kerry. Take care guys. Okay. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rain me in if I get carried away. Just like, oh. Zoom will kick us out. <laughs> Zoom will just get rid of us. It'll just go, sorry. The end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So wait, we haven't finished just like, you know, pre-meeting chat. <laughs> I know so, that's it. We're taking up time just blending. I, I know. It just decides, sorry, you're out. <laughs> okay. So anyway, hmm. Kerry, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Um, before we get going into the uh, list of uh, awkward questions I've set here, they're not awkward at all. Uh, tell me about how your week in running has been so far. Um, this week I have done the two club training sessions solo because I couldn't make them. Um, but they're they're great. At this time of year, um, between Ali and I, we, we juggle me getting out to training and him getting to the golf with the lighter nights. So kind of really leave the toddler at home alone. So um, <laughs> yes, but it's great that, I mean, the training sessions really help give you a bit of focus in the week as well. And um, yeah, just try and get out again on the weekend. Um, a wee few more miles um, on my legs myself as well. So have you got anything specific in mind for the weekend or just see where your legs take you? See where the legs take me. See what time I've got as well. See what the weather's like. It's um, yeah, just do all that. The last two weekends, I've um, one a fortnight ago, I started down at the Glen. What a disaster that was. That was like playing door jumps because oh, of the weather seems so good. Really, yeah. really busy. And then I ran through it again last weekend and it wasn't wasn't as busy, but it was still very busy. So um, I'll go back there tomorrow if it rains, but I'll maybe avoid it if it's 15 degrees and above. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all out, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what the weather forecast. I, th- I think it's meant to be actually not too bad tomorrow. 
I don't think it's negative blistering sunshine. Um, you know, May you would expect it to be a bit nicer, warmer, but hey, it's Scotland. <laughs> yeah. No, May back holiday weekends usually a nice one as well, though. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, How did um, COVID affect your running then? Did it have a positive or negative effect on your running? So um, when COVID started, um, I was in training for Liverpool Marathon, which would have been in May last year. And up until the day before the announcement, I had followed every run on my training plan. I had like, I'd never stuck to a plan. I was so strict to it. Well, I had stuck to a plan before, but never as strict as I had with this. And um, I was giving it my all because I decided that that was going to be my third marathon and maybe my last as well. So I was really going for it. And even despite my job and all the changes that happened within the hospital and the weeks leading up to it, I was still going out for these runs, you know, you're like in a bit of denial, like what's going on here? Um, and then, yeah, obviously the announcement came, everything changed and... Um, I kept going I was still following the club um, training plan because that was giving me something to do Ali my husband he took up running during Covid and there's no way I was letting him get better than me so I kept going Um, it also meant I had to go running back out with Elise in the buggy again when we were only getting out the once a day Um, so and I hadn't done that for months so should be bigger and heavier as well now so it's a little bit more Absolutely. It very quickly turned into resistance training. (laughs) Um, So I just kept going as much as I could. And I think like everyone just hit lulls during that spell as well. And then once we were, once the news came that we were getting back in, well, allowed to get back to training and that we would be in bubbles, that was, that was great news. I had had a bit of time probably around July time that I hadn't really run very much, um, just for one thing and another. So I just... And then I realised, like, I just have to go out and just keep, I was just doing it to keep fit, really, mm-hmm. rather, because there's nothing to train for. And I think that's the that's always the hardest part. I've always found that to be hard with running is keeping going if you don't have anything to focus on as well. But, um, yeah, obviously still having the chat with the club and everything that the club did during COVID really kept morale up with mm-hmm. regards to running, I felt, as well. So, yeah, I wouldn't say it really had a... It just had a different effect. It doesn't have a yeah, positive or negative. But it, it didn't make you. Them. It didn't make you just pick up your trainers and chuck them in the bin or anything like that. Nothing quite that drastic. Not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> so is that the only thing that you missed out on then? The Liverpool Marathon. Uh, Liverpool Marathon and um, the club Grand Prix um, right. races. I was supposed to have taken part in the Delgate Bay Ten K, which would have been there first run down there I think that was quite early on as well so really yeah Liverpool was the was the main big one yeah yeah (laughs) have you made any plans for this year are you not thinking that far ahead I've I've signed up to do the summer GP Uh um so I'll do that Uh, I really enjoyed the winter GP cross country isn't something I'd ever done but I think I was quite vocal in saying I joined it I signed up for it to just see everyone I was (laughs) do you know what I just wanted to see see everyone else I mean oh it's great my bubble is absolutely brilliant but um, it was nice to see everybody else as well so but yes the summer GP is looking really good and obviously it's a big year for the club so different events happening as well yeah I know it's all, all happening and hopefully we'll be able to get some kind of social aspect in that as well as you know although you know there's a bit, of a bit of social side involved in running as well I mean that's why I go to uh, <laughs> that's why I go to training it's all about the social 
So <laughs> or maybe working hard here. <laughs> Come on, you lot. <laughs> no, and then a social night out would be the cherry on the cake, isn't it? If we can all yeah. get together for a celebration as well. Yeah, I think so. How did you get into running? Did you, um, were you a, a child runner or did you do that more when you, um, you were an adult? So growing up, uh, my parents really encouraged me into every hobby and sport that there was just to find something that it was never necessarily to choose and go forward with what I was best at, it was to choose what I enjoyed. Um, so I was a really passionate netball player um, right the way throughout. Well, I did a lot of swimming as well, but ultimately the netball became my favourite. Um, and I played netball right the way through high school and whilst I was at high school I was playing well I played in uh, the Glen Office teams the five teams and I was subsequently uh, picked for the Scottish development squad as well at under 15 under 17 under 19 level um, which was just incredible yeah. that was just I was so so lucky as well um, unfortunately never ever made it to the first team because I'm too short was the reason <laughs> So quick on court, good centre court player. But I mean, when you see the competitive, the professional netball players, these girls are like, I think the shortest one must be about five foot ten. You know, I'm just yeah. not even in that league at all. So, mm. but um, played a lot of netball, still kept playing, and went away to uni. And the uni didn't actually have a Queen Margaret. Uni didn't have a netball team when I joined. But having lived in the PE department at school, I'd been involved in lots. So I actually ended up taking part in the. The women's football team at uni so oh, wow. <laughs> just just to be involved in in the sports union and to and to do something so when it comes to running I wouldn't necessarily say that um I was a runner like we did bits of like obviously I had to do bits of running for netball and then like once I finished uni I went back to netball as well when I moved back home again and um so again running was just part of keeping fit and training and then when I went out um, when I graduated, uh, I graduated back at the time of the recession in 2008 and there was no jobs. So um, I went out to work uh, as a podiatrist out in Australia. And when I was out there, obviously, being a passionate netball player, I could not go to Australia and not play netball when I was Absolutely. there. Absolutely. So I, uh, I did. I joined a team and the town that I was staying in at that point as well, they did a, a 10 mile run from called it cane to coral so it was from the sugar cane out to the bottom of the great barrier reef it was a 10 mile race so I did it with the girls from the netball team and really that was probably a big part of me continuing to run I had run bits before it I'd run Edinburgh Marathon before I'd gone out to Australia and, and things like that but definitely that turning point for running came then and that I realised everybody was really well they're very outdoorsy out there anyway and the running just mm. became part of it for everything so I kind of just kept it going after that wow <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, I kind of got into running because of because of my netball. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. And how long did you spend in Australia? Yeah, I was out there for about six months. Yeah. Um, so just long enough um, to get some more experience to try and get a job back here. Ah, oh, yeah. And did, and did that work then? Did you manage to just kind of slot into something when you came back? Fabulous. <laughs> How did you come across Carnegie then? Did you know people who were members or did you just see us running around in our glorious colours and think, whoa, I want me some of that? <laughs> well, um, 
yeah I mean definitely the the shirt had never gone unnoticed um <laughs> it's definitely a standout point isn't it but no um I so I'm not from Dunfermline originally um and when I was really getting into my running I thought all right the only way I'm going to probably get better improve is by joining a club and also having been part of sports teams growing up I really found running quite lonely um I'd always had the joy of sharing do you know achievements with other people and I didn't have that apart from mm. my parents and then subsequently my husband always been on the finish line ever since I mean my parents were at the sidelines at everything growing <laughs> up I mean what I put them through <laughs> oh my goodness how much time did they give up um and obviously now Ali's always been at everything as well but it's not quite the same as having somebody else who's experienced it too so I just basically googled um running clubs in Dunfermline the Harriers must have been the first one that came up or the name that I recognized I think emailed in and it was Stephen Honeyman actually at the time that um got back to me because that was it was early 2016 when I first joined Mm -hmm. the club so um yeah and I came along to a couple of training sessions like the first one was in the Glen and yeah that was that was how I found Carnegie oh wow <laughs> I remember um I remember you being well I only remember that you you were at Loch Ness because you told me that you were at Loch Ness so that must have been in about 2018 17 17 17 god <laughs> that long ago um I remember being on the being in the kind of starting area and it was absolutely freezing cold and myself and Colin um, and his friend Mark we were all huddled together in a bin line trying to keep warm because it was so cold and Colin said oh there's somebody else in the Harriers Fest there and I went oh and there's a and I tried to turn around to look and I'm getting the wind and the rain in my face and I I couldn't see you but he'd spotted you and it was only later on that uh, I'd learned that you were there as well Um, so how was Loch Ness for you? Yeah, so that was that was really good. I mean, that was my second marathon that I'd done. Um, and I actually ran it with my brother-in-law who had pre- run it previously. So I knew about the, the big hill at 18 miles. Um, but I, I did, I mean, I was I was part of the club, but maybe not a huge part of the club at the time either. I had kind of um, stopped coming along to training for different reasons. And uh, But it was, you know, not every trainer, I was still... Mm-hmm. there and thereabout um, yeah I remember not telling anyone at the club that I was going to do it and within a mile the twins had spotted me so <laughs> that was cover blown but yeah no I really really enjoyed Loch Ness actually and it just shows you what a bit of training and the club attitude does for you because I actually took over an hour off my time from when I'd run Edinburgh two years before that or wow. three years before that so yeah yes that's mm-hmm. amazing yeah that's <laughs> that went into my very first marathon very naive not really knowing enough about anything really and having not been part of a club I was just trying to do it solo and I blame my husband I met him during the training for it so the weekends of <laughs> training turned into whining and dining so that it didn't really go to plan but Loch Ness was um, much better yeah really enjoyed yeah. Loch Ness yeah, and I would definitely a, do that one again. It was oh, a, it's a lovely route, isn't it? It's so nice. Yeah, I have very fond memories uh, of, of Loch Ness because it was the first marathon that I did was at Loch Ness. And I trained really hard for it. You know, I did like proper training, following a schedule and everything else. And I really enjoyed it. Um, so I think then I always relate Loch Ness to a good experience. 
Um, and I've also got my PB there as well, you know, a few years later. So I always think, oh, Loch Ness you know, has, uh, has good, good things for me. Although that year that you were saying that you were there, um, Colin and I um, went kind of together um, per se, and we'd gone to this thing because we'd both booked to go there and we'd both gone in the camper van. It was all super awkward. So what did we do the night before? Drunk loads of alcohol just to cope with the situation. So we were hanging in the morning. <laughs> effort running a marathon feeling like oh that. Oh my God. <laughs> I think for the first sort of first half, I thought, do you know what? I'm doing okay. I'm getting away with this. And I did all right, you know, I got around the first half in less than two hours and like, oh, you know, I'm doing all right. As soon as I got to halfway, that was it, the wheels fell off and I, I virtually crawled the rest of the way home and every mile marker, I'm like, this is the last one, I'm getting the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Marathon um, and a hangover, they're not compatible at all. So I don't recommend that. <laughs> Well done for trying, and I bet you still had a great time in the end. Well, I know, I know. I, I, at the end, you know, it was still, uh, it was still good, and I still, you know, I still, I certainly didn't regret being there at the end of this. So, yeah, look forward to the day I get back as well. <laughs> um, so it must have been. Sorry, I'm just going to turn. I've got this radiator. I don't know how the heating works in here. You see, um, I've got this radiator on. I may as well just switch it off actually because I'm sitting here boiling. <laughs> um, it mustn't have been long after that that you had a lease then was it uh, so it would been the following year that you had a yeah. lease mm -hmm. so I fell pregnant not long after Loch Ness Marathon I actually did the Templeton 10 mile run uh -huh. I think it was a club Grand Prix run at the start of November yes, uh -huh. and basically right after that I found out I was <laughs> pregnant so um I remember coming along to our club training not long after I found out and it was the the fabulous hill session in the public park. Oh, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was really, it, it actually probably wasn't that icy, but I felt it was quite icy and frosty. And obviously after that, I was like, I'm not risking mm -hmm. anything. So yes, I just took a, a wee step back. Still came along, I think, to a few club training sessions. And then I just stuck to doing my own wee thing. Still did some park runs as yeah. well. And then she was born, yeah, summer 2018. Mm -hmm. You had a remarkable return to fitness after that. Were you a woman on a mission just to kind of prove that there was no barrier there in having a baby? Yeah, so I suppose I hadn't thought about it, but um, I remember getting given, uh, I think it's about eight weeks before you're allowed to um, return to exercise. So I remember getting the all clear for that and... I mean, I'd had to have a cesarean section with her, um, but it was all planned. Um, mm -hmm. So I actually had quite a good recovery from that. And I just, I mean, I was like walking with that pram for miles every day. It was just like what we did. It was the summer. It was lovely. So I suppose I just tried to get my fitness back up um, myself. So it must have been about October time that I was given the all clear to get back to exercise. I then did my own bits of running to come back, went back to Parkrun and then yeah, joined back to the club in the January. Um, and my goodness, when I came back, it was like a different club. The atmosphere in the club was just incredible. It wasn't uh -huh. the club I joined. It certainly wasn't the club I kind of broke off on maternity from. Um, it was just, there's so many new members had joined and 
a lovely, lovely atmosphere. It was a kind of transition period from <laughs> from the old to, to the new and shiny. <laughs> yeah, it definitely must have been. Um, and I think as well, because then, because Elise had arrived, Ali and I really had to, because he's so active as well, and like he's a golfer and then in the winter he does other things to, to keep going with that as well, that we really had to schedule our week. If I wanted to come to training, we had to, you know make sure that we both got our our time out as well so it was almost as if if I had if I was supposed to have been at training or run that night and I didn't do it then I'd miss my chance for that that night I didn't get the next night because this turned to go out do you know so I think that just made me really disciplined and I hadn't set any I hadn't set any goals apart from I decided that I would do the Edinburgh half marathon because she was she would have been nine months old at that point and me and that was really the only goal that I'd set but yeah, I think I knew that things were taking a, a good turn when I ran the round the houses 10k oh, in, the mm-hmm. in the April time. And my previous 10k PB had been set back in Glasgow in 2015, and I could never beat it. Um, and then I, and then at that run, my first race after after having a lease, so she was what seven months at the time. Um, I got. I got a, a PB and I was like my goodness me Amazing. so and things just kind of kept getting better but I honestly put it down to the atmosphere at the club wanting to come to training and just everybody being so encouraging and motivating and and that was it yeah mm-hmm. I really yeah, it really enjoyed it makes a big difference when you you know when there's a good atmosphere and everybody's just getting on with it and gene one another along and everybody's working hard Absolutely, yeah. couldn't agree more. So I just kind of ended up jam-packing that year, which I'm really glad I did considering COVID hit the following year. <laughs> I jam-packed 2019 with so many different events to focus on in as well because I was on maternity leave. Anything I could do, short runs with Elise and the buggy, I would do, um, yeah, and just really just had my run in this time out for, for me as well. Yeah, yeah, I so saw you made most of your time off. <laughs> did. <laughs> So do you have any future running goals or um, big plans or anything? So I would definitely like to get another marathon under my belt. Obviously, COVID put a halt to that last year, but I would never say no to another one. Um, that year of 2019, I also ran Glenogal. So uh, I don't think <laughs> I don't think I'll ever put myself through training for an ultra again. Um, <laughs> That uh, that training was helped by the fact that I accrued so much annual leave on maternity leave that I ended up <laughs> having so much time off work when I went back to work that um, I was able to do my long runs on like a Tuesday morning because oh, I had, right. had the time and the childcare to do it. So uh, that I don't think I'll ever do another ultra. It's quite nice to have ticked it off the box and again to have done it with members from the club and. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I basically ran the whole thing with Sarah, and I think she pretty much carried me the last three miles between my. <laughs> my tears and everything at that point and uh, yeah she really kept me going um but yeah it was so nice to have done it with someone from the club as well mm-hmm. and even just before and after seeing people from the club at that event and so lovely we've been so small but definitely another um marathon at some point I don't know when um I know what one I would like to do mm-hmm. I really would quite like to do Paris um marathon and that would probably be and just keep going with trying to, you know, keep fit and and obviously beat some matenki and half marathon PB as well. So yeah. So what what distance would you prefer then if you had to choose one distance that you liked over another? 
that I, I know you were going to ask me this and I'll struggle to decide <laughs> it would it would have to be either a 10k or a half marathon and I think it would have to be dependent on where I felt my fitness was at the time because mm. I really feel like you've got to just be so committed from start to finish at 10k I think a half marathon you get that's a little bit more leeway although my favorite run I've ever done my favorite race has been it, it was a half marathon so that um that's maybe where and that was my very first real race as well so I think I've probably got a wee soft spot for a for a half marathon a half. so what half was that one my favorite one yeah sorry yeah <laughs> was actually Kirkcaldy a couple oh, of years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. I loved it. And um, that actually, I got PB there without even realising because I remember coming up to the finish and I was just looking for my family. So I had <laughs> absolutely no idea what time I was was running as well. And it wasn't until I went to the wee ticket man van afterwards to get, because I think I'd forgot to stop my watch. Really, or, <laughs> or something, you know. And um, I remember standing talking to another member of the club and I was like looking at my ticket still talking like wait a minute here like this can't be right so wow. um, I loved it and again it was just I had friends who were running it family who were running it um family at the finish line friends marshalling obviously yeah. marshalling. just knew so many people and, I and think, it was a good day as well wasn't it the weather and everything and I think having done a recce off it a few weeks prior mm-hmm. really helped because I think I knew that if I could just get up Oreo Road after that, <laughs> so um, yeah, that was that is definitely my my favourite. I've got a lot that I've really enjoyed, ones that I certainly haven't enjoyed, but on the whole, I'd, I'd have to, if I had to pick one, it would have to be that mm. one. So, what races have you not enjoyed? Um, so, <laughs> uh, last year, just before COVID, I ran that Kirkintilloch Grand Prix race. Oh yes, that's a is that twelve and a half k or something weird like that. Yeah, so it's a, a, a funny distance, mm-hmm. and I think it's a bit controversial whether it's a road run or a hill run. Oh. <laughs> I just felt like I just kept climbing up and up, <laughs> and the wind was in my face, and I just I just don't think I was really in the zone for it at all that day and I was like hated every single oh, minute oh really <laughs> and thankfully after that actually before Covid so that I wasn't left with a bad taste uh, before Covid hit I did my first Arbol Smokies um, ah yes so lucky to get that in right before well COVID I know well. I think that was just about the first of March wasn't it yeah and that was brilliant like I really really enjoyed that but Yes, the last race I can remember not enjoying was um, the Kirk and Tillich one and also Glasgow Half Marathon. I've, I enjoy the Glasgow 10k route, but oh, right. the Half Marathon just, I don't know, just kind of bored me a bit. Oh, um, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like the Glasgow Half just from an atmosphere um, perspective because everybody's out um, and, and in the wee quiet bits, there's... Um, there's randoms just kind of <laughs> stoned about as well, like, and they're like, all oh, right, all right, I am, I am, they're not quite sure what's get... going on in their own doorstep, you know, but they're like, hi, all right. <laughs> or you'll get like locals that all shout to you. It's, I know it's always happens in Edinburgh as well. They're like, you're nearly there. <laughs> like, I've got five miles to go. <laughs> I think with Edinburgh, it's the coming into Musselburgh. I don't think people realise you've still got to run 
away out. Yeah, to you're running out again. to come back. Yeah, you go, yeah, you're nearly there. Well, I'm nearly in Musselburgh, yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> this is not the moment to be stopping, no. <laughs> um, 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 so I'm looking at my, my notes here. I'm such a pro at this. Uh, <laughs> uh, in terms of terrain then, what do you prefer for terrain, uh, I know you, you you mentioned there about doing the cross country. I remember actually you um, and Natalie rocked up for the um, short course um, cross country in Kirkcaldy, and um, you, you both just looked a bit shell shocked at the end of it. You're like, "Oh my God, what the hell was that?" Um, have you embraced cross country a little bit since then? <laughs> Definitely since that in Kirkcaldy. And that one in Kirkcaldy, I think, was actually the week after I'd done Glenogal as well. Oh, so right. I didn't even know what I was thinking, but I thought, oh, I'll join in. Um, but yeah, I, as I say, I had, would have been my only cross-country run I'd ever done um, until the club put on the, the winter GP, mm. which under nor normal circumstances, I don't think I'd have taken part in it but I really really enjoyed it and I think just it made me realize that it's not as daunting as I, I thought it would be just the downhills and things I need to be it's just confidence isn't it I'm not used to running on, on that terrain I've only ever done road running so which I enjoy I do enjoy it but I yeah. do enjoy having a mix with the cross country or like going into the trails I feel like the pressure is off with having to look at your watch the same way or and because it's new to me I don't have big goals that I've already achieved with it yeah. so yeah I think going forward I would never say no never say mm -hmm. no to do, to do mm -hmm. more I think uh, the thing that always um, and gets me every time even though I've been going to cross country for a number of years um, but it still gets me every time that uh, you know the whistle blows and before I've even got three feet you know, away from the starting line, you see them all like half a mile away. Like, oh my god! No, I think the winners were like finished before I even started. It was that's what it felt like. And the mud at that one in Kirkcaldy that time as well. Oh, it was proper mud, wasn't it? <laughs> Is this normal? <laughs> Check out the newbie. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's good fun then. So, um, so you think the, the road's probably your, your most preferred, but um, you're willing to dabble in anything else? Yeah, I mean, road I prefer and roads I go out and do. And I think when it comes to trails as well, I'm probably a bit of a scaredy cat at going away in the woods by myself. And I mean, you getting up at like four and five in the morning <laughs> and away on your runs by yourself is like, I just couldn't. I couldn't imagine doing that. So no, I you, but it's, <laughs> I think you're mad. <laughs> um, but I do, yeah. I mean, I would do it in daylight. Oh, in a busy area, but I'm definitely a bit of a, a, a scaredy cat as well. <laughs> I mean, when I first started running years ago, even on the road, I used like I was I was a lot younger. I still lived at home, and my dad would drive by, and I'm like that. If I told him the stories of what folk do now, like way in the woods in the middle of the night. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I, I don't. I, I feel. I don't know if I'm just a bit um, naive or fearless, or I don't even really think about it. I just. Um, I just. I just 
quite like it. It's just a bit different uh, going for a wee explore in the middle of the night or it's, wee, <laughs> it's dark and let's have a wee wander um, and see what's down here and see what we can find. And um, somebody sent me a picture, one of our, uh, our running bubbles sent a picture that she had found um, and it was somebody sitting in a car going, oh, a trail, I wonder where that goes. And that's me, you know, that's totally me. I could be running somewhere or driving somewhere and I see something and I go, oh, I wonder how you get down there. <laughs> I wonder what's over there. Yeah, yeah, so I'll back out the next day going, right, okay. So if I run down here, hopefully that'll meet me there. Hmm. What if I run up there and run through here? Oh, I get off my land. Oh, right, okay, so not through here then. <laughs> uh, and I've, I've only been told um, a few times not to, you know, <laughs> not to run where I've been running. And I'm willing to take the risk of a telling off or having a nosy about and a bit of an explore somewhere new. And why not? Why Absolutely. not? Yeah, yeah. I just I, I get I get bored running the same kind of thing all the time. So I'm just always looking for a, a new something else. Like, oh, I wonder what's down here. I wonder what's up there. Um, places I'm no business even being. You know, other <laughs> counties and things. I I'm no business being here. But you know, here I'm having a nose about. So uh, just hope for the best. Yeah, don't have the explorer Colin likes to call me. <laughs> I'll be back back on. Where will I go today? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, um, uh, <laughs> I'm so good at this. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to wind up a bit here with um, some, uh, I call them quick fire questions, but they're not really because I'm not expecting you to just go snap, answer, answer, answer. Um, so why they're called that, I don't know. Um, I don't really know much today. I'm a bit fuzzy. Um, so your favourite shoe? <laughs> So I was always into ASICs and um, what, I don't even, maybe early 2020, I changed over to New Balance. Love them. Absolutely right. love them. Um, but I do think it's very much personal preference, what, what, what you like in a shoe. Um, I don't like anything too clumpy or heavy. I've got really little feet. So it's, um, yeah, I need something that's just going to be lightweight and do the job. And I've never had any problem with New Balance. And mm -hmm. yeah, I've had a few pairs of them now. Mm -hmm. and like you say it's such an individual thing I read something recently and somebody said uh, oh a friend of mine told me that um, the only shoes ever anybody should ever run in are hokas like what a load of shit because <laughs> 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 they're yep. not suitable for everybody and everybody's feet are very different so <laughs> absolutely and I'm a podiatrist and I have this conversation ah, all the time and yeah. I say the same thing as well like just find something that you're comfortable that with you like. that you like yeah, yeah absolutely yeah um do you have a favorite running garment so your favorite shorts or your favorite socks or oh yeah absolutely oh yeah and <laughs> socks definitely I mean <laughs> there is nothing worse than putting on I like um just the wee like trainer socks style socks mm -hmm. and there's nothing worse than putting a pair on that end up halfway under your foot when you're <laughs> pumping that is annoying. Oh, that is annoying. Um, and then I really like the Ron Hill running trousers, um, preferably full length. Uh -huh. I'm not a shorts, not in shorts at all. Um, that is not a sight for anybody <laughs> to see. And um, yeah, that, that would be really, really be what I would always make sure I had right would be my socks and the right 
the right trousers as mm-hmm. well. Um, are you a, a techie person? Do you, do you love to look at all the, the, the stats and everything for your runs afterwards and sit on a piece of paper and analyse it all? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> I am way too busy for that. So just let me just let me go out, have a run, enjoy it. And I mean for a for a spell there earlier this year, um and I wasn't even uploading them to Strava. I wasn't looking at Strava. They were all on my Garmin app, but mm-hmm. I mean I was getting bored running the same routes. I was getting bored at looking everybody else running the same routes. Like, oh, I was just like that's that (laughs) no so I don't analyze anything I I do maybe occasionally with training sessions look back at maybe the start of a block and the end of a block very occasionally Mm -hmm. would do that but I generally just go out and train enjoy it yeah enjoy it yeah yeah um do you listen to music or anything Carnegie Harriers podcast perhaps when you're out running Yes, so I have definitely become a podcast junkie over the last year, um, whether it's the Harriers one, which is brilliant, <laughs> and even better when you release them on Monday nights, because my drive to work on a Tuesdays, that's when I listen to Ah, right. Um, but also, whether it's like personal development podcasts, or like we've got quite a few funny dietary work ones, you know, just and just anybody that I know as well. Mm. Um, I do like listening to music if I'm on a longer run, but I would generally switch it on maybe halfway through I don't start off with music and I'll sometimes go out with nothing at all um and actually when I returned to running after having a lease um the phone I had was like far too big to be carrying as well so that um that helped we're not having anything um, with me but yeah depending on what I'm doing or where I'm going um it would generally be a podcast and music I wouldn't say I, I always go with nothing yeah do you have any running um peeves things that irritate you about running runners anything associated yeah, with running training runs like <laughs> to yourself not interested <laughs> save it for race day <laughs> honestly I think um I've just lost all oh I just hate drama like I just I can't be bothered with that like I know it's the week at the moment it's the week of the 10k um time trials on the for the club you know ah, yeah yeah that? who are you competing against you <laughs> <laughs> oh I just it's if you it's great but yeah don't um just don't compete just enjoy it and encourage mm-hmm. each other um the only other pet peeve yes I mentioned already is when you're in a race and somebody says you're nearly finished like <laughs> I'm not or and um but the the flip side to that that I was actually going to say about the races was that it's quite nice if there's just a random stranger shout saying like about us being Carnegie Harriers it's yeah that's that's nice that's always a little boost because you feel like oh all right somebody's watching yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always like when uh, somebody recognises you, and I never have my name on anything because um, I like a degree of an- anonymity, although that's not, you know, particularly possible with a Carnegie's vest, um, but I don't like my name on stuff. So when somebody shouts out my name, I think, oh, somebody who actually knows who I am rather than somebody who can just read, you know. <laughs> That is very true. And I must say as well, when I was talking about Kirkcaldy Half Marathon, that certainly happened a lot there. But I think it's yeah. just so many, like it's on home turf really, wasn't it? 
Absolutely. There's no, yeah. no getting away from it. <laughs> so would you, um, as a podiatrist then, um, and running is so much about feet, um, Colin and I have uh, feet chat all the time, honestly, because um, I have feet made of steel or something. I don't get blisters. I, I don't really get affected by any kind of foot issues. Um, I just chuck on some shoes, any old, you know, not any old shoes, but, you know, shoes that are nice and comfy, any old pair of socks and off I go. And it doesn't matter if I'm out for, you know, an hour or, or 20 hours, um, my feet will still be in the same condition at the end. Colin could just walk to the end of the drive and get a blister. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter what he's got on his feet. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. <laughs> But he just seems to have these soft baby feet. Um, so, you know, like I say, we have feet chat all the time. So do you have any um, advice, foot advice, uh, for anyone? On a Friday night? I don't know. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> um, so always just, um, like, breathable socks, um, because often the problems come from sweat. So that's, um, and men are far more prevalent to, problems with their feet than women as well um, but with the blisters it's a lot to do with friction and irritation so just making sure you're wearing socks are socks are more important than the shoes actually when mm -hmm. it, when it comes yeah he, well. he, he's he's obsessed with socks and he'll only wear specific socks um you know they have to be the finest merino wool and uh you know yeah so he spends a small fortune in socks and yeah he can he can go for runs for a certain amount of time before it starts to affect them and the comeback like the minute you take your socks off eh, you just <laughs> i mean i think i've just been lucky as well i'm like yourself i really don't get any any problems mm -hmm. <laughs> what about running in general then do you have any advice that you would give to anybody who was thinking about taking up running don't go out and think you can run 20 miles right away <laughs> because how many people did that last year do you know COVID hit oh we're all going to go and become marathon runners um enjoy it I will always always be my number one just enjoy it because you're not going to it, it's a a learning game for everyone do you know you with every race you learn more it's just experience to get you to where you are with running as well so definitely enjoy it and I've never done the couch to 5k but I've only ever heard good things about it so if somebody if a patient of mine for example was saying I was thinking about taking up running I would just give mm -hmm. them advice them to um, try the couch to 5k yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's really good advice because um, you see so often people going out and they start off running at um, what would be their mile pace um, and <laughs> three lampposts later they're on their knees. I think, well, that's not the way to start. You know, just slow down, walk, first of all, run a little bit, walk a bit more. And people have this aversion to walking when they're out for a run. And I walk all the time when I'm running. I don't care if anybody sees me. Uh, I just kept past, like saying, past all the drama or anybody else looking at uh, my information and caring about it. Uh, you know, if I, if I want to walk, I'll bloody walk because I want to. This is my run, I'll do my life. And every run you do is not a race. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely that. Just take your time. And unless somebody's used to even walking, mm -hmm. because you need to have a level of fitness. Yeah. Stuff. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like you said, last year COVID was uh, was great at bringing people out, and it was nice to see people out. You know, they were walking a bit more, and they were uh, they were trying a bit of running. But <laughs> let's say they were they were they were hitting big big targets. Uh, well, they weren't hitting big targets; they were hitting brick walls because they were trying big targets that weren't achievable. Um, so yeah, baby steps. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, baby steps. That's spot on. Thanks again to Kerry for talking with me. Um, remember, if you want to be involved in one of the podcasts, then just let me know. It doesn't have to be the format that you just heard um, that I've been kind of typically doing. Maybe there's a race or something that you're passionate about, uh, some you've taken part in that you want to share with everyone else. Um, just give me a shout. I don't know. We can have a blather about it. Um, a few final thoughts then. And as things start to open up again and we emerge from lockdown yet again and winter, although it still actually feels like winter, I've just been caught in a hailstorm myself. Um, thoughts are turning again to training and racing. It's great to be back training again in our smaller groups and hopefully soon we'll be able to train in a larger group. Racing, well, that's another thing entirely. Um, depending on what your particular racing goal is, um, it's a mixed bag out there already. A few races have gone ahead and that's really good to see, um, but as one's taken place, another is being cancelled. Um, for, for hill runners, um, Stuka Croyne and the Ben Nevis race have both been cancelled this week. Um, for ultra runners, both the Fling and the West Highland Way race have already been cancelled. Um, and you know, that, that's just the tip of the iceberg really. Um, recovering from a pandemic is going to be pretty slow and we don't know what the future of racing will look like. I know I've said this before, but why not set yourself a, a bit of a challenge? Um, we're allowed to go a bit further afield again now, so why not explore something new? Uh, I don't know, put your training to good use, take part in the club GP virtually if you're not up for crowds. Um, but whatever it is you do, enjoy the freedom the solitude, the headspace that running gives you. And once again, thanks for listening.